Another week, another 6 million people filed for unemployment in the U.S. of A., making it, uh, what, 16, 17 million over the last three weeks? Unprecedented. Just crazy. We live in very strange times. Yesterday, I was sitting here at my desk, and I always get iTunes rolling, uh, you know, just 50,000 songs on shuffle, and The Doors, Strange Day, came on, and I just stopped and went, yeah. We live in strange days. Strange days indeed. It is in, in, in historic time. I think we'll look back on this decade. Uh, we'll look back on this time in about a decade with kind of a deeper perspective. But the fact is that we are living through something that will be written about for years uh, in the history of the world as an incredible time. The coronavirus uh, COVID-19 is, a, is really blowing a hole in the world's economy. Uh, that is so big, it will probably take years really to heal. And, you know, a return to normal is probably not possible for a long time. And, and even when we get back to what we think is normal, it's going to be different. Uh, a lot of things that we will have taken for granted will be gone. I can't predict what they are, but I, I think there will be a great fallout from this. And I suspect that a lot of that may be political. And the reason I say that is because there's a younger generation that has different uh, perspectives that have more voting power, they will express over the next uh, 8 to 10 to 15 years that will be impacted by this, and they will change things dramatically. That's that's kind of my gut reaction right here. Uh, anyway, hey, it's Tim Patterson. This is Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. It's a weekly sort of personal and business diary of what's going on in my world as well as the events and trade show world uh, broader, uh, and then the, you know, writ large, the business world as a whole. And uh, you can check out tradeshowguy.net. Everything is there. It's uh, sort of the jumping off point for everything. Uh, the website for Trade Show Guy exhibits, the trade show uh, uh, success books that I've written, a couple of them on Amazon. You can go to their websites and download either a free version uh, by opting into the newsletter or getting a free chapter of one. Anyway, it's all right there, tradeshowguy.net. I have a, a good interview that I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing with you today. I ran across uh, Rama Birfus of Lev Promotions. I had a couple of weeks ago put a thing on LinkedIn and said, hey, if you're interested in being on my show, reach out to me. And Rama did that. And we had a great conversation. She's got a company called Lev Promotions uh, in the promotional products industry. And there's a lot, we in fact address this, there's a lot of competition in that industry. I've met a lot of people that have uh, promotional products to sell. But it takes a special person, I think, or someone that really understands how that uh, industry works to to be to, to be a standout. And Rama shared some great stories that I think you'll like. And uh, here's the interview with Rama Birfus of uh, Lev Promotions. And I want to welcome Rama Birfus from uh, Lev Promotions to Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. And uh, Rama, I'm so glad you were able to, to make time to uh, join the program. Uh, thank you very much. Oh, completely my pleasure. And you're in San Diego, as I understand it. You understand correctly. Warm, <laughs> sunny San Diego is currently in the mid-60s and rainy and overcast. Oh, my goodness. So. <laughs> well, so you're the kind of the promotion products industry, which is a bit of a crowded industry from what I gather. But I think Correct. that it, you can certainly stand out as in any industry. And how long have you been in there? And how does that relate to trade show marketing? And have you done trade show marketing? I know that's a really open-ended question. But tell me a little bit about how you, how you got <laughs> to where you're at and some of your history. 10 seconds. There you go. Um, well, April 1st, we celebrated 18 years doing this full-time. I was kind of doing it part-time before that. But 18 years, April 1st. So I'm very excited about that. 
Uh, how it relates to the trade show industry is actually trade show marketing and event marketing is my particular niche. Mm -hmm. It's something that I love. Um, I actually, before I got into doing this, I was doing uh, craft shows. So I was, I was an exhibitor <laughs> at craft shows, which is, believe it or not, actually harder than a lot of these big trade shows are because you're up at the crack of dawn setting up your booth and you're taking it down after dark right. and they're very very long days and the bathrooms aren't as nice as the ones at convention centers <laughs> so <laughs> they're a little challenging yes but i've been doing this kind of thing really come out of the hotel industry i was a catering director i can't remember a time i wasn't on some end of this gotcha. and i decided that i wanted to pursue it enough that i actually went and got my ctsm oh i felt that it was important not just to understand the promotional side of it but really understand the concept as a whole, all the little nooks and crannies of it that, that you don't get to see when it's just you doing exhibiting for yourself or even helping on the periphery for a client. So uh, I was awarded my CTSM last year. Didn't get to go to the award ceremony because oh, it was no. canceled. And just to but... be clear, CTSM, if I'm, and then please correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Certified Trade Show Marketer? Correct. And, right. and that entails a, a lot of education and a lot of, learning about what goes on there. It takes yes, years it to get that certification. Is that correct? Yep. It took me, I think it took me about four years. Cause I don't, I don't do a whole lot of online learning. I have um, squirrel disease. And when I try to do webinars, everything else catches my attention. So I limited myself to what I could take in classes at exhibitor uh -huh. and fast track. Uh, so it, it took a while just to get all the classes under my belt. But yeah, I think it's what, 28 classes, 23 of them are core mandatory classes. And then we had a 271 question comprehensive exam that we, that you take to get it. And luckily I passed that on the first time. And then now, I'm guessing that that would, uh, I, this is interesting because I, I have had a couple of CTSMs on, on this program in the past, so we haven't really explored it much, but I don't want to go too far down there, but I, obviously yeah. if someone is working for say a large company, that makes them more valuable to that company. And I'm guessing as, as you can show that as a, as your designation, uh, you can make yourself more valuable to your clients. That's kind of the, the, the long and short of it. Is that how you would look at that? Exactly. I, I want my clients to know that I'm not in this just to sell them a pen or a letter opener, that I'm interested in their success in the trade show market and event market as a whole. And because I can understand that and I understand, you know, even even the little nuances on logistics, you know, normally I just ship FedEx and UPS. And now I know that you ship FedEx to a show site, you're getting charged for that little FedEx box that shows up. And sometimes it's not such a time, you know, 25, 30 bucks minimum in a lot of places. Yeah. So it's important for me to understand all the little behind the scenes things so that I can get a better understanding. Even the fact that I sell um, like table drapes and show graphics, I'm very particular about who I choose as my vendor for those items because I want to make sure that my clients don't end up with problems with the fire marshal because they went cheap and couldn't get products that were properly certified for fire retardancy. So it's, these are things that I'm never going to force my client to buying something that's more expensive, but I make sure that they understand the options. Right. And, 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 and the consequences. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I've had clients who have told me that, yeah, they, they didn't buy through me. They went cheap and they ended up with a, bare table and nothing in their booth because none of the stuff met 
the requirements of the fire marshal when they there went. are a lot of nooks and crannies in in trade shows Absolutely. uh in, in the the uh, show manuals and not every show manual is the same in fact a lot of them have a lot of differences going on so yeah just being familiar with all that and knowing what to look for and and, exactly. and being in that sort of that that uh uh, you know, esteemed advisor for your clients, I think is very, exactly. very important. So what are you doing now, now that the, uh, you know, the COVID-19, the coronavirus has impacted this industry incredibly? Uh, yep. What we kind of talked in the green room about a little bit about what you're doing, but uh, go into that a little bit. What, what's your time being spent doing right now? Well, I'm, I'm kind of dividing my time between two things right now. And as I told you in the green room that um, I'm doing a lot of work right now with my clients. A lot of my trusted suppliers are, are have connections to um, all sorts of manufacturing venues. And so they're able to provide me, and they go fast, but they're able to provide me with basic uh, face mask protection. So nothing that I would sell to a hospital because I'm not educated enough to know that I'm selling something that's going to meet their requirements. But for the guy going to the grocery store, the employee who just has to come into an office because they're an essential worker, or go into the grocery store because they're an essential worker, those medical masks, the three-ply ear loop ones, they were fine for that. So I'm sourcing those for clients. I'm also sourcing hand sanitizer. And right now we're actually not doing the typical small promotional bottles, but we're doing larger, everything from, um, I just did a, took an order last night for a box of 50, 11 and a half ounce bottles to gallon jugs with pumps on them. And those are actually, I'm selling stuff that's not imprinted, but right. I'm able to provide a source that isn't gouging them. Uh, and, they come and they go really fast. And if you snooze, you lose, but I'm, I'm working hard every day to try to meet those clients mm -hmm. needs. On the other side of it, I'm working with clients who believe that they're going to still have shows or are trying to reach out in other ways. And the challenge now with promotional products is the fact that number one, a lot of my vendors, my suppliers are running out of inventory mm -hmm. because they can't get things in, you know, let's face it. Most of the stuff does come in from China. And right. although China has right. been shipping it, if it's coming in via boat, which is the least expensive way to go, it's stuck in the ports because they can't unload those those uh, those boats. And the longshoremen are not working right now as a result. So we've got boats. It's kind of like whenever they have a strike at the docks. It's a similar situation. You've got stuff waiting to get unloaded and then waiting to go through customs. And customs is very, very strict, which is also slowing the process right, down. right. And they're probably oh. understaffed as well. You know, in, yeah. the ramifications of all of this, when you look at all those different areas, it, it is it is quite astonishing. I guess the, yeah. the good side is that there's the shows aren't going on that they absolutely need those for in May, June, and possibly July, and, and who knows how right. long. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a mixed blessing because if things yeah. were normal, it wouldn't be an issue. But because they're not, it's become an issue. So not only is inventory running low for some of my suppliers, I already have some of my clients that have orders in that we know their products aren't going to ship till mid-June and right. we placed those orders a month ago. So we already know there's bottlenecks on there. But the other issue is that a lot of my suppliers, depending on the states they're in, and since all but I think seven of the states are now under stay at home, mm -hmm. if they're not considered essential employees, so basically my suppliers, if they're not producing hand sanitizer or some sort of medical equipment, they're not really considered essential businesses right now. So they're shut down. So what? Yeah, I'm and it's such a patchwork because some states are are not strict at all, and others are very strict, and everything is kind of in between those two extremes. Exactly. And, and so is, you have to work with uh, those various people in, in all those states. Exactly. It's, it's interesting and to hear that, Ramon. It's actually, I think, why some of my suppliers have chosen to kind of 
dip their toes, at least for the time being, into the world of face masks and right. hand sanitizer companies that normally don't do that because it's a way to keep their employees employed, or at least some of them. Right. And, and, should, and I would presume a lot of that's produced here in the States, so we don't have to worry about Exactly. Uh, a lot of it is some of it. The face masks for a, a good portion of them are still coming in from China. But again, you know, they're being inspected like crazy at, at customs right. before they come in. So that's delaying everything. The other thing, even when I take orders for these things, instead of being able to be shipped out, even though they're not printed here at all, they're not being able to be shipped out for two, three, four weeks because in a lot of cases, they haven't even arrived at my supplier's facilities right. for them to unbox an inventory yet. They're still sitting in customs. Crazy. So Crazy that's world. an issue. So let's talk about promotional products, which is what you've yeah. been in. Let's uh, let's kind of assume that at some point we'll all get back to normal, which <laughs> it may be a slightly different normal, yeah. uh, but nonetheless, you know, I think I think a lot of people do when they think of promotional products, they think of uh, you know a pen. Uh, yep. I have many of them that are printed, uh, yep. or or a uh, you know one of these things. I this is a this is a, an eyeglass cleaner thing. Yeah, microfiber uh, cloth. Micro. Yeah, exactly. But there's a lot of stuff out there that, you know, if you look through the catalogs and stuff, so how do you work with a client when, when they say, I got this promotion or I got this product and what kind of questions you get into? How do you approach something so you can find something that really fits and is, is, is unique as, as it can be? Well, it, it can be challenging. And the, the fact is that the longer I work with a client, the easier it is because we start out with a whole bunch of questions, which the longer I work with them, the more I kind of know those answers anyway. But it's really important, whoever you're working with, that you be very open regarding budget, expectations, and kind of even if you have any ideas and then be open to the fact that if you have ideas that someone might tell you, you know, that's probably not the right way to go. Don't get insulted. Don't get upset about it. I'm not attacking you personally. I'm trying to give you a good marketing tool. And when something is picked out of thin air, because it's, I hate it when people come into my booth or call me on the phone or send me an email and say, what's the hottest, coolest, trendiest, newest, Anything that's got est on the end of it, because just because it's hot, new, cool, trendy, whatever it is, doesn't make it the right item for you. Exactly. The right yeah. item for you might be a throwback to something. I, I have a client who does uh, tin lunch boxes, you know, like the kind, I'm certainly old enough to remember them, my little Partridge Family tin lunch box that sure, I used to take sure. to elementary school with me. Those are, it's actually kind of a hot item in some market categories. But it's fun because it's retro and then you can start yeah. putting stuff in it. So it, it, it really depends. But if you come to the table and are willing to honestly and openly discuss budget, expectations, you need to know who your target market is. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I've got clients who come to me and say, and say, I really, really, really want this thing. And then I find out who their target market is. And I say, you really, really, really don't, don't want, want that, that thing because it's not going to appeal to them. It's going to end up with the kids or it's going right. to end up in the garbage or it's going to end up in Goodwill. And if it's not appealing, if it doesn't connect to your client in some way, if it doesn't make really emotional connection is right. the best way to approach it. But if it doesn't make some sort of connection, whether it's on a, a gut level, an emotional level, a mental level, you lose what I call strategic memorability. Mm. And that's what it's all about. It, it's, it's not just about picking up a pen, seeing the name and say, oh yeah, I know this company. It, it's about creating a strategy where they pick up whatever item it is, whether it's a pen or a paperweight or um, earbuds or whatever the, the item is. And they say, 
oh yeah, I remember this company because. Yeah. yeah. What did they do? What was the impression they made? Why is it that they remember you? Because remembering you isn't necessarily enough. They've got to remember what the connection was. And once you've made a connection on some level, again, whether it's mental, visceral, emotional, then you start opening the doors to to doing business with that. Right. I'm curious if there are any examples come to mind. I've got, actually, I've got two. And one is for okay. uh, a, an item that I did for a client many, 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 many years ago. And I have a, a client who does customer service training. Uh, he's actually quite famous in his field, does a lot of keynotes. And probably about 10, 12 years ago, he was starting a new program that he was offering. So he had a very targeted list of his clients and prospects. I think there were about um, somewhere between 80 and 120. I don't remember exactly how many it was right now. And he wanted to invite him. So he called me and he says, can you do invitations? I said, to what? And he said, well, I've got this new thing. It's an introductory session. I want to invite them and give them a taste of and have them buy into it. Hi, puppy. Yeah, hang on. <laughs> so I said, well, okay, you can do an invitation, but seriously, who's going to open it? They're going to see it's from you. It's, a, it's in an envelope and maybe they'll open it, but the good chances they're going to see it and go, and put it into, at the time, trash, not even recycling. But let's do something different. Are you open to something? If You're going to spend money on a nice invitation, so let's look at a different way to do this. So I, I threw out at him, and that actually ties into what I did. Um, I, I gave him the idea, hello, I gave him the idea of how about we talk about customer service and the fact that it's something that most people just talk about. It's a term that they throw around. He says, yeah, you're right. That's exactly what they do. I said, how about we send out, and at the time it was a lot easier to do this via the postal service. How about we send out a flying disc? In Ooh, your world, that's called a Frisbee. I'm not allowed to say that for trademark <laughs> concern. So right, it's a exactly. flying disc. I never said that other word. It's a flying <laughs> disc. I said, what we're going to do is imprint on the top of it is customer service just a term you throw around and have your logo on it? So then what we're going to do on the back side, we are going to die cut a piece of cardboard that will fit right into that disc, and it's going to have the invitation on it. And it's going to be fun. It's not going to be formal and stodgy. It's going to be fun. And we're going to use terms about how, you know, are your employees catching the fever for customer service? Is it a, talk about using the words throwing around and, and other items that have to do with flying discs. And all we did, print that up, cut it out. I stuck it in there, put a little glue dot in there to hold it in while it was being mailed. We mailed it as is. It did not go in an envelope. Oh, really? put a mailing label on the inside where that uh, die cut cardboard was. I put physical stamps on that. And I actually personally took it to the post office myself. And I remember I took it the Tuesday after Labor Day. His, his uh, introductory seminars were going to be in October. I personally took it to my local post office the Tuesday after Labor Day. He called me on Friday and told me that every one of his three, he had one in San Diego, one in Orange County, one in L.A., every one of them was sold out. He really? had no left by wow. Friday. So... Went out Tuesday, so Wednesday, Thursday, by three days later. And he got phone calls. I love the thing. I can't come, but I really love the thing. <laughs> by the way, we need to talk. 
by the way, we need right. to talk. Right. He told me two years after he had someone come up to him at a networking event that he hadn't talked to in a while and said, I still have your Frisbee on my desk. Yeah. And you're right. Memorable. Very memorable. You yeah. know, yeah. it's it's an amazing thing. The uh, the reaction he got, the response he got, and people showed up at his seminars and he was able to sell his program. Wow. But That's with the response, cool. yeah, I mean, he had, I think when it was all said and done with, I think his response rate was about 92%. Whether they RSVP to the event or just called him or emailed him to say, hey, I got that. That's really cool. Oh, and we need to talk. That I'm going to let the dog out. You'll have to business. excuse me for one second. I got to yeah. let the dog out the, the door. Hang on. We'll be right okay. back. <laughs> I think he heard some noise out back. So uh, we may edit this out. We may not. We may just let it roll. You know? Yeah, I sure. Mean, hey, why not? This is, we're all working from home. Hey, so. the dog had a squirrel moment. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so that's a great story. I think you mentioned two. Is the other one, uh, uh, that's, although that's, that's hard to top. <laughs> that, that is hard to top. And my next one actually is, is not quite as impressive. But uh, basically, it's actually my story. So last year in 2019 was the first time that I exhibited at Exhibitor Live. Okay. And I, my goal was to set up some show floor meetings in advance. So I sent out a, an oversized postcard mailer with the promise that if you, there was a QR code and there was a website, you'd go online, get to my landing page, set up a meeting. And once you meet with me on the show floor, when our meeting is over, I will hand you, but not mail you, this is not after the fact and a promise broken, I will hand you a personalized 10,000 milliamp power bank. Hmm. So when you look at the show floor and the stuff that they usually give out, if they're giving out power banks, they're usually about 2,200 milliamp power banks, which you're lucky if you can get one full charge on a, right. on a phone. And I was giving out something that was five times that and personalized. It had their name on it. Oh. So someone could steal it if they wanted, but good luck trying to say it was theirs. <laughs> so I sent that out and I knew that there were going to be some challenges. I, I'm, no one really on the national level, although I have clients all over the country, I'm not a brand name like some of the other people on the show sure. floor that I'm in competition with. It was also my first year there. And, you know, I, I, I truly believe that in the first one to three years on a show floor, people kind of approach you with a little skepticism because right. let's face it, if you've been to a show two, three, four years in a row, not only do you know everyone on the show floor, you already know where their booths are and you're right. shocked yeah, exactly. when you can't and, find And are they going to be booth. here in three or four years? Yeah, exactly. exactly. So I'm all the way at the back. I was one of those FIFO booths all the way at the back of the show floor with the lovely wind blowing through as we were setting up and tearing down. That was when it snowed in Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. And um, so I, I didn't have huge expectations for it, but I was hoping to get eight show floor meetings. I ended up with 15. Wow. Nice. So my ROO, my return on objectives of that on that were way way surpassed which i was very pleased with and actually out of those meetings i actually picked up i picked up some business from a client i already had who met with me because they didn't know that i did something because you know they saw me as whatever it was that i was doing for them at the time that's how they pigeonholed me so i picked up a lot of additional business because all of a sudden they saw all the other things that that i could do for them i also picked up one 
a client who handles marketing for some major brands out there. And we've done a project together already and are looking at two, possibly three more projects coming up. So not only did I meet, meet and exceed my ROO, I also exceeded my ROI as a result Very of good. that. Right, your first time there. That's that's great. First time there. As basically so, an unknown exhibitor. So Exactly. I mean, I, I managed my expectations. I probably managed them a little bit on the low side, but frankly, <laughs> I, but I also had some personal challenges at the time, right. so I wanted right. to manage them on the low side. I didn't want to uh, drive myself crazy when I got back and having to follow up because I am a huge, I drum this into my clients. If you're going to do this, you better follow up. Otherwise, don't bother right. doing don't it. Don't bother. Yeah. You know, uh, very cool. Rama, we're speaking with Rama Birfus of Lev Promotions. Uh, I really appreciate you joining me. How can people uh, find you online? What's the best way to do that? Well, you can find my website at www.levpromotions, that's L-E-V-P-R-O-M-O-T-I-O-N-S.com. That's one way. I am also on LinkBook, LinkedIn, and Facebook. <laughs> trying <laughs> well, to put them all together yeah. all at Face once. in? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, and Twitter. So you can find me on any of those places. I am probably most active on LinkedIn and definitely through my website. You can go, you can see what our approach to business is. Um, see if you feel it's a good match for you. And by all means, I love talking to people and finding out what their needs are so we can try to match them up with something that will work for them. So well, Mama, that's where you and I met was on LinkedIn when I put yep. that uh, call out here a couple of weeks ago. Hey, if you want to be on the show, let's connect. And I appreciate you uh, reaching out and making the connections. It's great to meet you. And we'll keep the connection going. Absolutely. Thanks again for, uh, for sharing your expertise and, and the stories about Boy, dealing with what we're going through. Uh, we all have those stories. but uh, Yeah, yeah. We, let's hope for the best for everybody. Yeah. So be well and stay healthy. Yeah, we want the events industry to get back and, and, Absolutely. and start to roar again. So thanks Absolutely. thanks again, uh, Rama. Appreciate My it. My pleasure. Anytime. Bye. Bye. Thanks again to Rama Birfus of Lev Promotions for uh, spending some time with me on this week's Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. We're going to do this again next week. Uh, this week's One Good Thing. I'm rereading... The classic by Harper Lee, To Kill a Mockingbird. I'm just over halfway through. Uh, I, I, I'm guessing the last time I read it was in high school. I'm sure I've read it. The story is familiar to me. I, I don't know that I've seen the movie with Gregory Peck. This was published in 1962, became an instant classic. Great American literature has been uh, read in high schools uh, over time since then. Uh, you know, it was made into a movie starring, starring Gregory Peck. In uh, 2006, this is interesting, I was looking through Wikipedia, British librarians ranked the book ahead of the Bible as one of the books, quote, every adult should read before they die. It's it's, it's really good. I'm, I'm having a good time uh, reading it. All right, that's it. That's all I got for this week's Trade Show Guy, Monday Morning Coffee. Let's do it again next week. And if you're on my newsletter list, which you can find at tradeshowguyblog.com, you will get reminded of uh, my bi-weekly uh, open room Zooms for like a digital lunch. I've been doing them Thursdays and Fridays the last couple of weeks. I'll keep doing them, but if you're on the list, you'll get notification of that. Anyway, uh, find it all at tradeshowguy.net or the blog tradeshowguyblog.com. Have yourself a great week. Mm-hmm.